0: The food you choose to eat is one of the most important tools you can use to take control of your health. But supplements can also be useful, especially when it comes to improving mitochondrial function which is an emerging and really important uh, tool to optimize health. Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health and today we are joined by Dr. Michael Murray and many of you have probably heard of him in the past. He's a naturopathic physician and he's the author of many books and he's been around for quite some time. Uh, So we're going to have an exciting discussion so please uh, stick around. So uh, welcome and thank you for joining us Dr. Murray. Oh it's my pleasure Dr. Mercola. So I gave you an abbreviated introduction but for those of Who are listening or watching who don't know your expertise, maybe you can expand. But before, I've neglected to mention how we first encountered each other, which was a few weeks ago on one of your recent stomachs. And hopefully, I think it was on the microbiome. Was it on the microbiome? It was just a general natural. Okay. So um, hopefully that went well, and that was my first opportunity to connect with you. And I was very impressed, so I invited you to come on. my interview because I think many people would learn from your expertise and the years that you've been involved with the field and you know you just look outrageously healthy which is a good testimony to the effectiveness of your recommendations. So why don't you let us know your, your history and you know for those who, who aren't familiar with you.
1: Okay, well as you said I'm a naturopathic physician, I'm a graduate and I've served on the faculty and board of trustees of Bastier University. As I was going through my education process in the early 80s, it occurred to me that if natural approaches to health and healing are based upon truth, that they should be able to be explained uh, with modern uh, scientific thought. And uh, Over the last uh, 35 years, I've uh, personally gathered over 70,000 scientific articles which support the use of diet, lifestyle, attitude adjustment, and the proper use of dietary supplements to uh, promote health and healing. And it's from this large database that I've written over 30 books, as well as been instrumental in bringing many safe and effective products to North America. Things like Ginkgo, St. John's wort, uh, quercetin, curcumin, DGL, enteric coated peppermint oil, uh, glucosamine sulfate, PGX, and pharmagaba. These are just some of the products I helped introduce.
0: Well, great. And uh, from our last uh, discussion on your Natural Health Summit, we delved into some exciting supplements for mitochondrial resuscitation or improvement, and that was, uh, there were two primarily, and we can I'd like to discuss those today, and we could certainly go to others, but one was uh, PQQ, and then the other is Berberine. Uh, so let's go with the PQQ first, and what is it, And you know why is it useful? And these are, I guess, you've as you explained earlier, you are you've introduced many products into into the market, and uh, these seem to be the ones that you're most recently excited about. Yeah, PQQ
1: is uh, really quite interesting. Uh, that's short for pyroquinoline quinone, so that's why we call it PQQ. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's a great story. This compound was identified as being essential in mammalian nutrition relatively recently, uh, 1994, so eventually it'll be classified as a vitamin. Uh, Researchers just didn't realize that it was essential to human health until uh, just recently, and uh, what they found is that it's really important for the health of the mitochondria, and it Exerts many, many different uh, beneficial aspects to mitochondrial function. And I'm sure uh, your viewers are well aware of how important mitochondria mm-hmm. are to our health. And uh, it appears that uh, PQQ is, is really the spark uh, of, of life. Uh, you could say that uh, we are uh, stardust. Uh, this compound PQQ is found in intergalactic dust. Uh, it it's travels across uh, the universe and it may be the seed of life because uh, our mitochondria definitely require this compound in order to produce energy. Uh, this compound is also critical in protecting the mitochondria from, from damage. I'm sure you've talked about how exposed mitochondrial DNA is to free radicals and prooxidants and really it's critical that we boost our our level of PQQ it's contained in very small amounts in our diet it's probably in the realm close to like B12 or folic acid in terms of it's in just very small amounts and When we ingest food, we can get some PQQ, but research is showing that when we take it by supplement form, we can really boost our PQQ
0: levels and really see
1: some pretty amazing effects.
0: Yes. Well, thanks for that summary, and let me just comment. I really haven't talked too much about the… Reactive oxygen species that damage the free radicals that damage the mitochondrial DNA, but most of the energy production in in the cell, of course, occurs in the mitochondria, and uh, in the inner cell, inner membrane where these the cristae have the electron transport chains, and that's where these reactive oxygen species are produced. So almost all of the that free radicals in your body are produced within the mitochondria themselves. That's why they're so susceptible, and they don't have, and they're not covered and protected like uh, nuclear DNA, like with histones and these proteins. So they're more susceptible, but thankfully they also have lots of good mechanisms to repair, replicate, and just get rid of the damaged ones. So that and the whole process here is to is to activate those those mechanisms and one of the most profound ways and you know me and emphasizing again the PQQ and and berberine are supplements that means they are used in addition to not in place of food if you just think that this some some type of magic fairy does that you're going to have take twice a day and, and solve all your problems you better think again because unless you integrate with that with uh, optimizing the fuel to burn to that your mitochondria can use to limit the production of free radicals it's not going to work so it only works if you're following the right to, the program we really haven't gone into that in great detail because i'm still in the process of compiling it it's a very it's yeah. very simple overall, but there's so many complex puzzling details that have to be teased out, so I probably won't have the book out this year, but it'll be next year. So anyway, just to emphasize that it's a supplement, and uh, and maybe you can respond to that those comments.
1: Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Let, let's first talk a little bit about what, what it does and why it's so special. You, you mentioned uh, uh, the reactive o- oxygen species that are produced during energy production, and there are mechanisms uh, that the mitochondria uses to protect itself. Uh, one of those mechanisms is PQQ. Uh, I know your audience is very familiar with the term antioxidant. and <laughs> the, the thing is, is everybody thinks all antioxidants are the same, and, and they're, they're really not. You, you have to look at the type of pro-oxidant uh, and free radical that is involved, and you have to look at how many times an antioxidant. Can be used to really get a sense of how uh, profound it is in protecting ourselves. And PQQ is really a profound type of antioxidant. Every time uh, a, an antioxidant neutralizes a, a free radical, that's called a catalytic conversion. And some antioxidants just aren't used very, very often. For example, uh, vitamin C is only capable of going through four catalytic conversions. That means after it's used four times, it's it's no longer effective as an antioxidant. The number of catalytic conversions that PQQ can be utilized for is in the realm of tw- over 20,000 times. It has the, the greatest potential to be used over and over and over again. and That really signifies how valuable it is to, to the mitochondria. It also plays a huge role in a process called mitochondriogenesis. And basically, that means the generation of new mitochondria. It does a great job in killing off mitochondria that are not functioning properly and then stimulating the the replication of the healthy mitochondria. So it's really kind of a, a, a cellular regenerator, and it does this through its action on Uh, mitochondria. And this is really exemplified in studies that have looked at the influence of PQQ in enhancing uh, brain function and brain connections and forming new brain cells. And that translates to just having your brain function at a much higher
0: level. So, you know, we both started our careers in the when the when it became popular, the theories of mitochondrial theory of aging and free radical theory, where the recommendation was since they were believed uh, to contribute to a massive amount of the causes of aging, that that we should provide the body with antioxidants makes a lot of sense to suppress the 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 product not the production but the the predest, suppress the ones that were produced. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, and it was great theory. I mean, a lot of us uh, jumped on the bandwagon. I'm sure you did too. But science has not supported that. It's been beneficial. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, there are no studies that support that does a darn thing. And in fact, it may accelerate disease. And you know what? You might wonder why. Well, th- there's a, a lot of science to support the fact that indiscriminate suppression of free radical uh, is not a good idea. Now, of course, they're bad, but you know. So is exercise. Exercise causes damage. And if you over-exercise, you will definitely harm and damage yourself and potentially prematurely kill yourself. So you have to do it in moderation. But these reactive oxygen species are very important signaling molecules. And if you indiscriminately suppress their formation, you can you can interrupt really profoundly important metabolic pathways. So that's the fine balance what we're doing and that's why I'm so intrigued with using the fuel that you're eating to, pr- to radically limit the production and then al- al- also rather than using uh, a clear antioxidant like PQQ is to use hormetic uh, herbs that you're familiar with like uh, raw cacao and resveratrol, uh, that resveratrol is not an herb, it's an extract from Grape skins, I understand that, but you know these types of of plant phytochemicals that produce a hormetic effect, and they they're not antioxidants by themselves, but they cause an oxidative stress on the system that causes the body to produce its own antioxidants. So it's not indiscriminately shotgunning them. So I'm wondering if you could uh, just we can dialogue on that for a moment.
1: Yeah, uh, flavonoids, polyphenols are, are quite interesting to mitochondrial function and. Uh, th- there's a wisdom in, in in the body. There's a wisdom in nature, uh, and if we look at the way uh, flavonoids are transported in the body, uh, they, they are not transported in a free form. Uh, they are bound. They're bound to uh, either sulfur or glucuronic acid, and in this bound form, they become inactive, and this is really important because, like you said, uh, we, we want to make sure that When we take something that is getting delivered not only to the tissues but also to the cell and to the parts of the cell that really need the greatest support. So, the latest science shows that when we ingest these polyphenols, whether they come from grapes or other berries or uh, uh, raw cacao or uh, any of the other rich sources, uh, they Are bound to glucuronic acid and they are inactive. But at sites of inflammation, sites of infection, or when cells aren't functioning properly, uh, the cells release an enzyme called glucuronidase. And this liberates the flavonoid or polyphenol and allows that polyphenol to enter the cell, enter the mitochondria, and affect change. And this has been demonstrated with um, mitochondria. They've caused mitochondria to experience stress. And When the mitochondria experiences that stress, it causes release of glucuronidase, and that ultimately leads to flavonoids entering in the mitochondria, protecting the mitochondria from free radical damage, and actually activating certain uh, genomes that will allow the mitochondria to function much more efficiently and to reduce the inflammation and the stress. uh, there's a lot of magic that happens out there. Sure, sure. Uh, one of my great uh, favorite quotes comes from Sir Arthur Clarke. He wrote 2001: A Space Odyssey, and he says that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And when we look at nature, when we look at food, when we look at our bodies, we're just learning. We're just mm-hmm. scratching the surface, and a lot of things happen, and it seems magical. And uh, <laughs> when it comes to our health. Ah, uh, we're learning more and more of just how important it is to to get the right type of antioxidants, the right type of support, uh, and it's it's not just indiscriminate use; it's really targeted support for key uh, cellular compartments,
0: including our mitochondria. So, thank you for sharing that. I was unaware of the importance of glucuronic acid in that whole process with the polyphenols and and the biof- and the flavonoids. So. I'm suspicious, though, that the PQQ is that that mechanism isn't involved here because it's more of a, a vitamin and not uh, or hermetic stressor like these uh, phytochemicals. Would that be true?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the way you have to look at it is that it it's uh, it, it's the body the the mitochondria are going to store up that PQQ and, and use it appropriately, and uh, when you ingest the PQQ, it increases the the number and the health of the mitochondria, which in turn increases the need for for PQQ. While our a dietary intake is in the microgram level, uh, supplementation-wise, they've used dosages of 10 to 20 milligrams and. Uh, initially the research was focused on improving brain health this was based upon a lot of uh, in vitro studies or test tube studies and then uh, that led to animal studies and in the animal studies they showed a significant improvement in mental processing and memory and that led to human clinical studies that have shown the same thing uh, uh, one of the studies utilized what's called the stroop test for example the stroop test Uh, Maybe some of you have taken it. Uh, You'll look at a a word, and it'll be uh, spelled out in maybe yellow, but the color will be blue, and you're supposed to say the color that you see, but we're we're, we're verbal folks, and so we, we have to process a little bit, and so in a Stroop test, you're given a series of words in different colors, and you're supposed to say the colors, and you're timed and what they showed uh, quite uh, dramatically is that the combination of pqq with coenzyme q10 produced better results than either nutrient alone and so there's some uh, synergistic effects with coq10 uh, and this uh, improvement is the result of increased energy i look at uh, brain health uh, a lot of times it's it's a matter of <laughs> the the energy production is is turned down like a dimmer switch, and what PQQ and coenzyme Q10 and other mitochondrial enhancers do is they, they basically just brighten up that brain. They turn up that dimmer switch. They increase the energy production in that brain cell, and so that brain cell functions more efficiently, and that leads to uh, better memory, better cognitive function, and feeling better as well, and, and that's what they're showing with these clinical studies with PQQ and in regards to brain health, these studies have used the combination of PQQ and coenzyme Q10. Uh, 20 milligrams of PQQ with 300 milligrams of coenzyme Q10.
0: So is that 20 milligrams uh, in one single dose, or is it 10 milligrams twice a day? Either way, uh, it will work. Uh, daily dose of 20 milligrams of
1: uh, PQQ and 300 milligrams of coenzyme Q10. Usually, with coenzyme Q10, especially if you're using the ubiquinone form, I, I like smaller doses giving, given more often. Uh, with the absorption of PQQ, it doesn't really matter, but with, with, if you're using regular ubiquinone, I like smaller doses more frequently.
0: And The other uh, fact to consider with ubiquinone, uh, and even ubiquinone to a certain extent, is that it's fat-soluble primarily, uh, and it's best to be taken with fat in your meal uh, rather than on an empty stomach, so that'll improve it. So we're both big fans of that, there's no question. There's, I think probably we're fans of that before we became fans of PQQ, which I'm also yeah. in agreement with. But I'm wondering uh, about, my understanding of the mechanism of ubiquinone or ubiquinol is that it actually facilitates recycling of the other antioxidants. So I'd mentioned previously the vitamin C gets used up at four times. And uh, PQQ twenty thousand times, and vitamin E, you know, is probably similar, more similar to vitamin C. So, I understanding if you have enough P, uh, ubiquinone on board, that it will that four turns into a lot, much larger number. And I'm wondering if you can comment on that because it probably also facilitates recycling of PQQ. Yes,
1: uh, exactly. Yeah, with PQQ, it doesn't need uh, that much uh, recycling. Uh, I think that. Uh, with PQQ and coenzyme Q10, they facilitate uh, the, the proper processing of not only uh, <laughs> the production of uh, energy, but also uh, dealing with some of the side effects of uh, energy production, which is a generation of a lot of pro-oxidants and free radicals. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think with that combination, you're you're getting enhanced energy production while simultaneously getting that that protection. Uh, If you were just getting enhanced energy production, it it would have uh, potentially a negative effect because you'd be burning (laughs) everything around it. Uh, So uh, I think with that that combination, we're getting really good protection, uh, and that means we're getting all the benefits and, and, and reducing some of the risk.
0: So another question I have for you relates to a naturopathic principle. Uh, I don't know if it has a name, but if anyone would know, it would be most likely be you and, you know, an instructor or a teacher at Bastyr University, which I think is widely regarded as the best naturopathic university out there. Certainly one of the oldest. So. Um, the principle uh, I think is can come out as far as I know came out of a study done with St. John's Ward where it found that intermittent use of many of these herbal remedies and phytonutrients is probably far superior because you developed a, sort of a tachyphylaxis or a resistance over time if you use it continuously so I'm wondering uh, if it's true for PQQ is that you need to really Limit using it daily, and maybe use it for five days in a row, and then take a two-day holiday, or uh, you know, which would be true. Probably, I'm thinking it's true for berberine and so many of the other herbal uh, hormetics that we had talked about earlier that would that supply the phenols and the flavonoids. So I wonder what your thoughts are on that. And is it? And it I think more importantly, is it a well recognized, established naturopathic principle? Uh,
1: well, I think it is for certain types of. Uh, uh, adaptogens and and uh, immune enhancers. It really hasn't been looked at with PQQ uh, um, or a lot of the other supplements that are available. Uh, we kind of look at it as a long-term, uh, continual uh, uh, dosage schedule, but uh, certainly there is some uh, evidence for certain herbs that maybe uh, intermittent use might, might be best. Uh, I think that with with PQQ it's, it's probably just a matter of reaching saturation and we have to use uh, higher dosages in order to get the mitochondria to act like sponges and and take that PQQ up and eventually the sponges would be saturated and you may not need this high a dose and you may not need to take it every day but uh, right now, uh, the the research, clinical research, human yeah. research, is just in its infancy. So we kind of have to follow the, the the protocols that have been used, and what the studies have shown are, are pretty amazing. Uh, they did a study where they just gave PQQ on its own, and they looked at its influence on energy metabolism and markers of inflammation. And uh, one of the astounding Results was that just a single dose of PQQ uh, dramatically lowered C reactive protein. This is a a marker for inflammation. So just taking it one time produced a a dramatic reduction and normalization in many cases of of elevated C reactive protein. So that uh, then leads to a question what would continual supplementation produce. and uh, To date, there hasn't been a long-term uh, clinical study looking at uh, PQQ in uh, people that have elevated C-reactive protein, but there are studies, for example, with uh, PQQ and its effects on blood lipids. And In these studies, what has been shown is that PQQ can act to lower LDL cholesterol levels on par with a statin, without any side effects. So I, I think the the list of potential uh, applications for PQQ is extremely long, and we may start seeing benefits in these clinical studies that we may not have even had on that long list. And if we look at some of the metabolic effects of PQQ, they go well beyond uh, improving uh, mitochondrial function. Uh, One of its uh, key activators uh, is that PQQ can uh, lead to activation of an enzyme called AMPK, AMP kinase, and this, this enzyme, I think, is really a molecular target for modern humans. Uh, as we age, uh, it, it, the level of this enzyme drops. Uh, certain dietary practices, too much uh, of the wrong types of fats, not enough of the good types of fats, uh, not enough of the uh, flavonoids in our diet, not enough of the metabolic enhancers and mitochondrial enhancers. We see a reduction in, in um, AMPK activity. Insulin resistance is probably the major cause of reduction in. AMPK activity, and this enzyme plays a huge role in body fat composition in in our body. It it plays a huge role in inflammation, and it plays a huge role in blood lipids. So uh, it's not surprising with PQQ activating this enzyme that we see improved blood sugar control. We see uh, we see excess body fat, particularly visceral fat, decline, and we see uh, drops in LDL cholesterol. So um, I, I think that the effects of PEQQ uh, are going to be very far reaching, and we're just starting to learn the benefits. Uh, I don't know with intermittent
0: use or not. Uh, sure. I, sure. Right now, I think we just got to keep going with it so thank you for that information I was actually going to ask you that question about the molecular pathways that were activated by PQQ so AMPK is one of them which is one of the crucial ones for uh, stimulating mitochondrial autophagy or mitophagy and uh, mitochondrial biogenesis but there's, there's three other big ones which are actually four insulin, leptin, uh, mTOR and IGF actually five, IGF-1 and then PGC-1 alpha do you know if it influences any of those? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it has really uh,
1: very uh, profound uh, activity on uh, mitochondrial uh, function, mTOR, and, and all of those factors are, are uh, influenced. It increases uh, uh, nerve growth factor. It uh, is really very important in protecting. Against uh, the type of oxidative stress that leads to Parkinson's disease, that's been a, a key area of, of, of focus. Uh, it, it does this via multiple mechanisms. One of them is uh, uh, it, it pr- protects against the the uh, self oxidation of a gene called DJ1, mm-hmm. and this this uh, ends or this gene uh, gets damaged by various compounds, and it's, when it is damaged, it leads to uh, Parkinson's disease, and uh, PQQ's been shown to be protective against every, every known uh, inducer of damage to that gene. It, it's, it protects it now, this gene damage caused by mercury and, and other heavy metals. Uh, protects against damage caused by various neurotoxins. Uh, it uh, protects against the development of that uh, alpha synuclein, a protein associated with Parkinson's. It also has some effects protecting the brain from the development of Alzheimer's disease. Again, through multiple mechanisms, including uh, protecting the uh, uh, formation. Of beta amyloid, as well as protecting against the damage that beta amyloid can cause in the brain, so uh, it's really far-reaching. And um, I think that PQQ is going to be a real superstar in the dietary supplement field, and it's really going to going to revolutionize uh, natural therapies for uh, many different health conditions. You know, we. we Highlighted its synergy with coenzyme Q10, and I think we're going to learn that that various cocktails of uh, PQQ in combination with other compounds are going to produce better results than PQQ on its own. And it makes a lot of sense when you start digging in and looking how PQQ works and how it's synergistic with
0: all these other. Uh,
1: uh, wonderful compounds that we have available to us now.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that, that uh, uh I couldn't agree more. I uh, actually, largely because of the information you shared, I've uh, adopted pQQ for about the last six months, and it's part of my daily supplement regimen now. But I'd like to go on to another supplement that's part of my regimen uh, that we've written about before and that you're really excited about. Uh, which is berberine. Now, before we, well, I let you expand on this. I just want to mention that you know, anti-aging is one of my interests, and that many naturally oriented clinicians who still have a drug bent <laughs> will prescribe a drug which is relatively benign as drug goes. It's called metformin. It's been around for a long time, and uh, they prescribe it for its anti-aging benefits. But it's got a lot of downsides. It's the most Prominent one, I think, is associated with B12 deficiency. But I just dislike it, even if it works, because it's a drug. Interestingly, berberine seems to provide all the same benefits of metformin with virtually none of the side effects. So that's my take on berberine, and I, I love it. I think it's just a magnificent uh, nutrient that has so much potential, and it's really underappreciated. I mean, people just don't understand uh, uh, berberine at this point. Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's quite interesting. You know. Uh, Metformin was originally uh, isolated from a plant uh, that was used in the treatment of, uh, of uh, diabetes. And uh, berberine containing plants have also been used in, in treating uh, type 2 diabetes historically. Uh, these plants include golden seal, uh, gold thread or coptis, Oregon grape, and barberry. Uh, uh, these plants have also been used for uh, <laughs> gastrointestinal infections and improving liver function and a number of other health conditions. Uh, berberine's use as uh, an aid in uh, type 2 diabetes has been rediscovered. and There's a whole large body of science on berberine, uh, which is an alkaloid. And You mentioned the, the hermetic effect, it's really quite interesting. Uh, ber- berberine this to a greater extent compared to the flavonoids. Alkaloids uh, are, are typically uh, stronger in their effect than, than the flavonoids. I mentioned the flavonoids earlier. Uh, they're neutralized in the body pretty quick by uh, binding to glucuronic acid or sulfur. Uh, alkaloids like caffeine or nicotine, uh, they, 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 uh, they circulate in, in a in 3 forms; they, they tend to be stronger Act. Uh, Beiberine is really interesting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it has a wide range of benefits, including influence on mitochondrial function. It too is a very powerful AMPK activator, and this, this is uh, one of the key reasons why it's been rediscovered. Uh, the, the research on, on berberine right now is really focusing on to improve blood sugar, control lower blood pressure, and lower cholesterol. If this was a drug, it hit it hit big numbers because it's it's kind of the holy grail. The drug companies would love to have a drug that would hit that triad of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and, and type two diabetes. And there have been 27 double-blind uh, the placebo-controlled trials with berberine for those conditions and uh, the results are on par with what you see any in individual drug for those three conditions. So in relationship to type two diabetes, the research shows it works as well as, as metformin. In terms of lowering cholesterol levels, it works as well as a statin. In terms of lowering blood pressure, it works as well as type of uh, blood pressure lowering drug. So to have something work on all three of those areas, we really a a breakthrough, and we know how it works, and we know the results that people can expect. We know because there have been good double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. Twenty-seven of them. Uh, the, the research is is really uh, quite. Uh, Uh, significant, and there have been several reviews of this research uh, published relatively recently. Uh, You're looking at uh, clinical trials uh, involving thousands of patients now, and uh, the results are are showing that it's a very safe and very effective natural approach, a natural alternative to, to drugs used for these common conditions.
0: So thank you for explaining that, and could you describe the uh, typical dosages and if there's any side effects or concerns that should be uh, addressed? Yeah, uh, the, the typical dose has been 500
1: milligrams either two or three times daily, and it's best taken right before meals. Uh, it, it works uh, to, to uh, improve digestion, oracle use of Plants that contain berberine, were as bitters to stimulate digestion. Uh, these plants uh, were, were also used uh, for, as I mentioned earlier, uh, for uh, kind of <laughs> gastrointestinal infections, parasitic infections. What we know about bearberine's uh, pharmacokinetics, uh, the way it's absorbed and utilized in the body, like metformin. Uh, it's poorly absorbed. And it looks like many of the benefits of metformin, as well as berberine, are related to their influence on gut flora. Now, this really <laughs> kind of baffles a lot of uh, unenlightened scientists, but uh, as you know, Dr. Mercola, uh, our microbiome is critical to our metabolism and to our insulin sensitivity. Uh, studies have shown that if, if we can influence the, the gut flora, the microbiome, in a positive way, it can lead to really profound influence on improving our metabolism, helping to lose weight, helping to get our blood sugar levels under control, and helping to lower our elevated blood lipids. So it looks like that many of the effects of berberine may not be to a systemic effect may be due to the effects that it has on that gut
0: microbiome. and This is not a pleasant tasting supplement, so you definitely want to take it in a capsule. There's no question about it, but it will uh, dissolve in the intestine and and generate most of its functionality there, but it's very bitter and will leave a long aftertaste in your mouth if you happen to put it in. You do not want to do that, but it's interesting. I didn't realize it needed to be used before meals, ideally. Now, this seems to me that might be one of the nutrients or the supplements that would benefit from a cycling model. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, it
1: might. It might be. You may want to uh, give yourself a rest a, a day or two. It really depends on uh, you know what uh, a person's response might be. And, and for example, anyone who has type two diabetes or even type mm-hmm. one diabetes, you need to monitor your blood sugar levels. So. Uh, you can experiment a little bit, uh, and as long as you're not seeing any uh, adverse effect on your blood sugar when you stop use for a day or two, it might be a
0: good idea. Well, great. Any other items you'd like to share about berberine or some other nutrients that that uh, you know you have a particular well, current interest in?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, berberine uh, is 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 very interesting because we. Uh, I focused here in, in talking about it on its effects on high blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugar. But it also is very important for protecting against neurodegeneration. And that's another really big area of, of research. And uh, it does this uh, in a magical way. I say that because uh, the science is, is, is just evolving. But what it looks like is that it has some really interesting effects on, on mitochondria, and uh, it, it uh, relates to uh, many of the factors that you, you mentioned earlier. Uh, those haven't been fully elucidated, but I imagine that, it, that it's impacting all of those mechanisms that, that we know influence mitochondrial health and function.
0: Terrific. Well, certainly one to consider if you want to optimize your ideal diet intervention plan. Again, it's not a an approach that's going to replace the use of a, a, a nutrition a choice of foods that are going to optimize your blood sugar levels. Uh, that that is done with diet. But this, if you're already on an optimized approach, this certainly can enhance you know da, da, damage uh, metabolic pathways that uh, need a little boost. And uh, probably optimized function, too. I mean, there's, a, there's some there are many, many people who are taking prescriptions of metformin for anti-aging only, nothing else. I think it's an unwise approach, and I didn't realize metformin was initially extract, extracted from a plant, plant, which is one of the reasons why it does seem not to have too many side effects. Uh, I mean, there, for the, the amount of time it's been around, it has, it's really a relatively benign drug, as drugs go. But it's still a drug yeah so berberine is a lot better but you know I guess if you use anything for long enough especially high enough doses there's potential for harm And you know that one of the, the primary uh, components of the Hippocratic Oath is that we take when we graduate school is to first do no harm now of course most physicians have long forgotten that oath because <laughs> they're indirectly responsible for causing massive levels of harm not Cautiously or intentionally, but nevertheless, that's the end result. So, I think it needs to be a guiding principle when we uh, consider using these interventions.
1: It's interesting. I mean, uh, if we look at the historical use of goat's rue, which is uh, where metformin came from, uh, it really wasn't used uh, much by uh, modern herbalists uh, for type 2 diabetes because of the the gastrointestinal side effects, and that's one of the main issues that people have when they start taking metformin. It just it, it really disrupts uh, their their gastrointestinal function, and they don't they don't like the way it makes them feel. Uh, well, herbalists have known that uh, side effect for years, and so uh, that's why they would utilize uh, you know, these uh, berberine containing plants preferentially. And there's other plants that can be used be used for uh, blood sugar control as well uh, Mulberry uh, is uh, a great plant uh, that can help in- improve blood sugar control Gymnema, there's a lot better choices I think out there than, than metformin and I, mm-hmm. I encourage people to, to look into a, a natural approach I think I think'll they'll, they'll serve themselves better and as far as people using metformin for uh, for the longevity aspects, Again, uh, as you've highlighted, I think it makes more sense to reduce those uh, glycation products and, and uh, improve uh, blood sugar control and uh, reduce insulin stress through diet than it does for, for taking a, a drug like metformin.
0: Well, that's a great summary, and thank you for elucidating the benefits of mulberry. I didn't realize that was one of its benefits. And I've got four mulberry. Uh, trees growing in my backyard, actually shrubs turning yeah. into the trees. They're about 15 yeah. foot tall, and I'm I'm really. I, it reminded me that I need to go back there and check them because I think these there's a lot of berries ready for harvesting. So, and it's that's a lot tastier than berberine. You know, those gastrointestinal side effects is really nausea. It's a profound nausea that I think is really limits most people's use of it because uh, because it's in, it doesn't well absorb the stain in the gut, and it really, it's a yeah. very bitter tasting substance. It's a strong alkaloid. So. Yeah, with uh, with mulberry, they actually used the leaves, and there was a oh, study. Oh, the leaves! It's not the fruit. Ah,
1: oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, but it was actually the leaves in a study, and they just used three grams of uh, dried wow. leaves, and uh, they compared it to gliburide, which is, uh, uh, micronase, uh, which uh, is another type of uh, type two uh, diabetes medication, and mulberry performed far better than the drug. and uh, In addition to improving blood sugar control, lowering A1C levels, improving fasting blood sugar levels, there are other benefits noted with the mulberry. It increased the uh, level of antioxidant, serum antioxidant capacity was increased. It uh, lowered uh, LDL and uh, uh, total cholesterol levels and uh, it, it just seemed to work much better than the drug. It's just that there's no, there's no money out there to, to advertise uh, mulberry or mulberry extract, but it's, it's really a, a very Im- important uh, approach, I think. Uh, there are good answers for these uh, really epidemic conditions that people are suffering from out there, whether it's high blood pressure high Cholesterol or, or diabetes. In regards to blood pressure, let me just share uh, some of the recent studies with uh, grapeseed extract mm-hmm. are really impressive. 300 milligrams of grapeseed extract per day, and now two double blind studies have shown it to lower blood pressure in people that have mild to moderate high blood pressure into the normal range, so we're not talking about a few points that we typically see with some of the natural approaches, but we see dramatic clinically relevant reductions just by taking a simple uh, dietary supplement. There are other uh, natural approaches. Berberine 2 has been shown to normalize blood pressure, uh, 500 milligrams two to three times a day before meals. Uh, there are various uh, anti-ACE peptides from fish and from milk that have shown an ability. So my my key message is that there are safe and effective alternatives. We use those safe and effective alternatives until the diet and lifestyle and attitude adjustments have a chance to take hold. But we don't lose focus. We focus on those those real key areas that really lead to the
0: condition arising in the first place diet lifestyle and attitude that's right and one of my other passions is regenerative agriculture so I dumped a few hundred thousand pounds of wood chips on my property that I can grow stuff so it was a few years ago now so I actually have good decent soil and I'm able to grow most of the food I eat so which is great so I have a big large daily salad and I want to thank you for uh, enlightening me as to the benefit of the mulberry shrubs that I have, because I'm going to start harvesting them and putting them fresh into my into my salad. Because there's no reason to dehydrate; I'm going to just put them in there fresh every day, along with oregano and rosemary and thyme and turmeric. And you know, these are just magnificent herbs that you, that you can just put in there every day. And it's yeah, but you could go through the hassle factor trying to buy them at the store and yeah. get them organically. But it's so much simpler when you grow them yourself. That's fabulous uh, you're, you're, I,
1: i'm I'm envious that's fantastic. yeah, I look at herbs and spices as being uh, concentrated foods uh, they're just they're so rich in in phytochemicals and they're so rich in health benefits, so uh, we want to take advantage of those concentrated uh, magical pills i guess
0: bio biodense nutrients so you've enlightened us with loads of great great information i'm sure people many people are going to want to listen to this again a few times so maybe you could summarize some key points and uh and we can uh, well it, you know an interview
1: yeah I, you know i want to encourage people to 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 join my community as well get to my website drmurray.com Uh, I try to keep people up-to-date on things that I find interesting, and hopefully they'll find interesting as well. In this day and age, I think people have fallen in love with technology. I love technology as as much as uh, as anybody, and I know you do as well, but the greatest technology in the universe is nothing that man has created. It's nature, and the way in which we commune with nature on a daily basis is through the food that we eat. It's truly uh, amazing and beautiful and and just uh, harmonious the way in which food is designed to work in our body. So we need to make healthier food choices. We need to take advantage of some of these concentrated, uh, nutrient-dense foods and, when appropriate, utilize uh, effective herbal approaches and supplement approaches to try and kickstart our health and really make dramatic
0: improvements and avoid the use of Potentially harmful pharmaceuticals. Oh, great! Yeah, definitely. Strongly recommend that if, if Dr. Murray has enlightened you with some important information, then to take a head over to his site and uh, learn even more. Because he's got lots of great videos there. So, um, and I also want to put a plug in for the nature aspect too, in which uh, my, you know, I, it's spring as we're recording this, and I've got about half a dozen mango trees, and one of them is just unbelievable. It's just responding to the to the mulch, mulch and compost and the foliar mineral applications and uh, biochar and it's just got the most incredibly so it's every day I go out there and it's in full bloom there must be thousands of mangoes growing on the seven foot tree yeah. which is wow. incredible now I'm gonna harvest them in a few months and the neighborhood's going to be very happy about that because there's no way I can't eat more than one mango a day without going into glycemic overload so uh, but it's just just to see the power and the beauty of nature at work and when you supply it, it's just like our body when you give it the right fundamental building blocks, everything takes care of itself. It's just all goes in with this magnificent synchrony and coordination of, of uh, natural principles that just reduce just produce this unbelievable harvest and bounty, which is what you can do with your health. I mean it's, it's really the, there's similar approaches so, it's it's just profound. I love this time of year, you know, the spring where you see all the blossoms, and I've got tens of thousands of citrus blossoms and oranges and lemons and limes and t- tangerines. It's just incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great time of year. the 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 fragrance from this is just over. It's just whoa. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. it's a it's an incredible perfume. Oh, you're you're making me envious. Uh, that, yeah. That's fabulous. Uh. So anyway. Uh, um, yeah, i just like to brag about it a little bit because it's, you know, it's another passion. It really, you know, we have to take away a break from technology. Technology is important, but you got to break away. And one of the best ways to take a break is to get back into nature. And it just, I go out for like five minutes, just walk around the plants, just smell them and look at the leaves. And I just get rejuvenated. It's just, and then I go back and do my thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, good, that's, good approach. that's great. I, know you, I know you like to take those walks on the beach too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good for a lot of, you know, movement is key and reading is important so you know the challenge for most of us is to find the time to read you quoted that you had compiled 30,000 studies it's a lot of reading you know I mean yeah. a few hundred studies is a lot which I've been I've digested in the last six months or so to get through first of all to find them and then to read them and then to highlight them and get all the key points and then coordinate them and take those key points and make some, some coordinate some knowledge out of that in practical application. so Thirty thousand is a lot of articles. So you get pretty smart when you read that many. <laughs> so congratulations! You know we're we're like-minded, and we've been. Around. How long have you been practicing? You've been. When did you first start your practice?
1: Uh, well, I I, uh, I graduated from nineteen eighty 1980, in nineteen eighty-five. So I graduated from Bastyr oh. in nineteen eighty-five. So I've been at it for yeah, that's for the, over well, years. I'm I'm fifty-eight. Uh, so uh, getting up yeah. there, but still still <laughs> passionate. Enjoying it and
0: having as much fun as ever. Yeah. So, I'm just, yeah. just like you in that regard. I graduated in '82 from med school, but then we did a three-year residency. So I didn't start practicing until the same year, '85. So clinically, that's was, you know, that's when I started my my work. But yeah, it's, so we were, I thought we were contemporaries, about you know, coming out of that low-fat myth, so it's great. Well, anyway, thank you so much for your time and effort and energy and all that you've done in the field and all that you will continue to do. You're a really great contributor and a real uh, marvelous example of what can happen when you follow these principles, so thank you so much. Well, likewise. Thank you.